listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. If you enjoy the show, and we really hope you do if you're still listening to us at 220-something episodes in, we would like to respectfully suggest that you support us on Patreon if you have the means to do so. Uh, we're most excited about our 90s Deluxe package, which is $4 a month and gives you access to a bonus episode of 90s Garbage Time twice a month, access to patron-exclusive mailbag where you can get your thoughts and opinions on the show, and early access to the show, get the latest episode of 90s as soon as it's edited. This is an exciting episode. It's our first, I guess, real episode of the new year 2021. We talk about Proud Boys. We talk about the Parlor app. We talk about what is even happening anymore. We talk about Wonder Woman 84, the book Ready Player 2, and I finally watched Hagazusa. All this and more on... 9 to 5 entertainment system. Hit it! Rich conversation. It's time to hit that old record button. Live from lockdown, it's talking about the American politics. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. This is pretty much global, global affairs now. It's, is I it? Mean, I like. It's the- a radicalization that is definitely affecting Canada. There were there were protests here in Alberta and in Toronto and. Jagmeet no. Singh also is currently pushing uh, pushing a uh, what's that? I mean I'm like so brain dead right now petition to have the Proud Boys declared as a terrorist organization mm-hmm. uh, on account of the fact that they were founded by a Canadian Gavin McInnes. I, I really feel like he founded it as a prank and made them do pranky stupid things to make them look like idiots and then maybe it has morphed into something since then. But I saw some videos. He was clearly trolling the fuck out of those boys. Yeah, I, I would. That's. I tend to to, and he's also like disavowed them and like yeah. since and whatever. Yeah. That I don't necessarily want to defend a guy trolling a hate group into existence. I don't but, know, man. That's pretty. That's pretty fucking funny, if you ask me. Like it is until like you know they terrorize beat up a people on person the of color like and terrorize them. Like, if they were just, like, it's one of those things where if they just, like, wore their clothes inside out or something, and that was, like, the grand design, it'd be fine. But no, people are getting hurt because of a, what it might ultimately be a troll. But, yeah, yeah it, like, it, it's all fun and games on 4chan, but then real people start getting hurt, and you're like, oh, no, I've made a huge But you don't blame the guy who founded it at that point. You blame the people who are doing the hurting. People are not retarded sheep that just do whatever. You know, like you gotta you look at the they, people responsible. Which we were just talking about, like people who are like ready to have, like, is if you are an intelligent person, and there are like you know you can sense that like a certain group of people are like ready to have their pots stirred, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be super easy. And this is like how internet trolls work: is you're going to go on and like there's a a group of people are about to have a backlash about something. And you can just say something incendiary and you know it's going to set them off. And you're intelligent enough to know that it's going to set them off. You think that you bear no responsibility because those people have free will? Like, it's, it's, it's a the bear very in a way. complicated argument. But I, I like minimizing the personal responsibility of the people who go and do stupid things is really not good precedent here. Well, I don't think you need to minimize the responsibility of the individual. But I think that you can't absolve the guy that, like, 
Russell Jimmy's to the point that people thought it was okay. I like, don't know that that's true. And the whole, that... the whole notion that you can ban speech and therefore ban people's bad behavior is, is like really antithetical to me. It well, doesn't work. I mean, again, it's, it's a question of where you cross the line in did, did at any point in the midst of trolling, did Gavin McInnes or any member who may have been trolling or Donald Trump or Donald Trump, did he like cross over into inciting violence or hate speech? You know, like that's that's where pretty much the line is. And if you and I think that the, the tricky part is inciting violence, because like for sure, like, I mean, we, we saw it in the presidential debates with like stand back and stand by mm-hmm. is like absolutely code for like get your guns and be ready. You know, like considering the audience that he was directing when he, he like he said it, Proud Boys stand back and stand by. He I don't know the first know. thing about them. I, have, I haven't listened to anything that they do. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. White supremacist incels. They're they're like the worst. Explain. <laughs> explain. What's the what's the like the three three tenets of being a proud boy? What are they? Oh man. Honestly, I watched the, I watched the, like I don't the, know. I, I think there may have been a Vice documentary about them. <laughs> right, but that would be out of date by a yeah. year or two at least. Yeah. So first of all, they're they're a male only organization, which right away is like a. You got to, you're an organization that got founded in the 2010s and you're like, boys only. That's a, like a flag in Is many it? ways. There are plenty of yes. women only organizations. Yeah, but you and know I what? think that when was you, part of the point on, on them John, originally. So you don't see a problem with a group of people saying white men only in this group. That's not what I said. I said, <laughs> you, you said men only and then, yes. and then we went to white boys only. And then yeah, so similarly. They are whites only. Okay. Absolutely. And really? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're just saying that. I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? You, you don't oh. know that the, uh, the far-right neo-fascist male-only organ- political organization is whites only. I think that that's what people say about them. I would be uh, curious to hear what they say. I, I don't know, man. I, like, you don't jump down my throat. I haven't read <laughs> or, or learned anything about these guys from themselves. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the reason they're called the Proud Boys is because they are like created in response to like Black Pride and Black History Month, and they're mm-hmm. like, w- w- "How come I can't be proud of white culture too?" You know, right. we did. Gutenberg invented the printing press, and see, we have Canadian Proud Boys who are also a member of the Canadian Armed Forces suspended for disrupting an indigenous okay, protest. I, that's okay. They're not all bad. You're right. Not all. Not all Proud Boys, John. My bad. I don't know, man. <laughs> But you're you're like taking what is in the media at face value. Like what? How am I supposed to argue when a group of people says we are members of the Proud Boys and we disrupt an indigenous people's protest in Halifax? I should be like, yeah, no, this is an organization that maybe maybe needs a second look. Um, I I completely cannot get behind like. I don't have time for them. If you're a group that is, I don't know, but you're like the only side of the story that you're reading. I like, I, I don't know anything about this, but m- when I do know something about something and then it's on the CBC, it's typically wrong or crap. Like I, I, I... so the, they rebranded into the Albright and this is, this is from their stuff. Uh, <laughs> following the white supremacist, unite the right rally. It's fucking horrible. So I'm like, I don't need to get a ton into it. If you're like, even if that's not the only thing they stand for, if they dabble a little in white supremacy, I'm like, I don't need to know more about your organization. Maybe you build, it's the same thing as when I don't need to know like a ton about Al Qaeda to be like, they build schools and stuff. That's cool. But then they also have suicide bombers. That's less cool. 
Like, I don't need to, you know what I mean? Like you, you can do a lot of good things in your organization. Maybe they're building schools and parks and whatever else, but they're white supremacists. So I can't really get behind them. Like I, I don't, and I don't necessarily feel the need to dig deeper. If at any point their leadership uh, and as an organization have endorsed white supremacy. Do, do, do you find, I don't know. I don't, I don't even. What, what, what's, the, what's the defense though, right? Like if, if I'm not trying to defend them. Right. All I want to do is hear something from their from their mouths about this, not from other people's mouths. Go. I, you haven't seen. Okay. Admittedly, you said you haven't seen anything, That's but like you I'm can saying. look at leaders of Proud Boys giving speeches that are completely white supremacist speeches and stuff, and they're just. Have you going, watched those speeches? I or? have. I have watched those speeches, John. Okay. Like it's. I literally. You see the guy with the megaphone with the Proud Boys logo on. It was in the the. What do you call it? The maybe the, vice the march. Thing? The tiki. Uh, no, 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 no. The tiki torch march was one of them. Was oh a Proud Boys yeah, leader. yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, yeah. Georgetown, yeah, yeah. not Georgetown. Char- Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At the Charlottesville, there were Proud Boys leaders giving speeches. Straight up with KKK people. Mm-hmm. So you they're, know, they're like KKK mall ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, man, like someone taught the KKK guys to like shop online to buy ninja stars and shit. That's that's what these people are wearing. Alibaba purchased flak vests everywhere they go. It's it, the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and all that to say, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is currently uh, promoting a petition to ban the, the Proud Boys. Something I did want uh, to talk about under this umbrella i guess hmm. i don't know if it's parlor or parler because i'm french parlor. did you hear about the the parlor slash parler ban i don't Getting know what... turbo deplatformed from amazon every distribution channel he got sued i read that there was a big breakdown all like of the it's number of legal can't, threats can't in a host single day anywhere yeah like yeah. all all usually freely available like hosting platforms like servers have been have been closed off to these guys yeah uh, see and that did is weird control on Parler, mm-hmm. the mega troll that happened on Parler today. What's that? Uh, a huge post on Parler was circulating saying that, like, everybody who was at the riots, everyone who participated in the protest at Capitol Hill, if you get this, please provide your name, your full name and address so we can pass it on to Donald Trump, who's going to mass pardon people. Uh, don't don't let don't let the media know that you're doing this. Just just copy and paste your your full name and address if you were there into this Google Drive file. And hundreds of people did. Oh no. <laughs> publicly open. They're just like, oh yeah, I was there. I could use a pardon. I did some things that definitely need a pardon. I did some shit. <laughs> Here's my name and address. Uh, the the worst part about it too is I was reading wow. when 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 the when the parlor uh, hosting ban was was going down I was reading about it and some people were talking about like the the terms and service of of parlor is is insanity right where they're like they the it's obviously it's it's presented as a bastion of free speech that's what yeah. it's supposedly there for but then if you read the terms of service like the admins they're like can ban you for any reason and no reason whatsoever is in the terms and service and you're like uh-huh. that's cool. Like how how are you the bastion of free speech when you're like you could be banned for no reason whatsoever? Like, uh man, I... it doesn't matter. They all just gave their names and full addresses to the FBI. Just... <laughs> it's again, you're gonna have a host of people that are gonna attack trolls, but then you're like, no, but don't troll us though. Mm. 
don't know. It's it's tricksy business and whatever. Trump is going to launch his own Twitter. He said so. Yeah, he's he's banned completely now, right? From Twitter yeah. and Facebook. Yep, he is permanently banned from social media. And then and, and a lot of people. I think this is why the parlor stuff happened. Was a lot of people were, were directing him to parlor to be like, you don't need to start your own Twitter, Donald Trump. There already is one for you. Right, right, right. And then uh, I think that put a bit of a spotlight on. But like, it's interesting, right? Because like a lot of people were like, oh, uh, like like freedom of speech, and he's being silenced. And I was like. Right. But like Twitter and Facebook and stuff are not actually government services. Like it's it's kind of within the right of the company to be like, nah, we, we don't need this user because they're not. It's, if I would have maybe some issue if if he got banned from some like, I don't know, government platform or whatever. But I was like, it doesn't even need to necessarily fall into the legal definition of hate speech. Facebook doesn't need does is not accountable to uphold freedom of speech or whatever. They're just accountable to their users. And more importantly, I guess, their shareholders. <laughs> not, not even that. He, they have legal standing because he accepted their terms and conditions. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm sure have them, give them more than enough right to ban anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, he entered a contract with these companies and he breached the contract and they terminated their agreements with them. That's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Lots guess, of people and, have been banned from Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think and that's kind of the, the, the trick too, where I think like where Parler and stuff is is countersuing Amazon for 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 taking them down. Mm-hmm. But I'm like again, like server and hosting space is not a publicly protected right. <laughs> you know, like it's a weird gray area where I was like, these companies are one hundred percent gonna act in whatever whatever that interest is. You know, like and if it's and if this is like, does Amazon not want the money? No, of course Amazon wants the money, but they want to save face publicly and take whatever side they're gonna take server space is not a right in a weird way <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's a tricky business all around everybody uh, it's, it's really not because they did this with sex workers like not that long ago facebook routinely kicks people off oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like twitter routinely bans people for for that like yeah it's true if you if you try to if, if you try you can have anything in the in the marketplace except for sex yeah <laughs> And if you try to have sex in the marketplace, you are banned anyway. So, yeah, like not a big deal. People break the rules; they got banned. You broke the rules. You broke the rules a lot. They give way more leeway than they give most people. I love the the scrolling through Trump's Twitter though was like there was something very um, like cyberpunk e about it like like not not necessarily like the, the tech or whatever but just like the, the reality of for the last like two months you've had the president's twitter account with like this contains like disputed facts or whatever else like that like like like, <laughs> right under, every, like yeah. every single one thing that the president of the united states is saying being like this contains information that has not been proven or like you know what i mean like there was something very like like william gibson-y about that like transmetropolitan yeah like a, yeah oh, yeah transmit 100 yeah. yeah. transmit is just like the president was, wasn't the tweeting... president from that actually based on donald trump like i feel very close to if not Isn't it? right like he was yeah. the well the not the president, but I think the guy running against the president, because like the, no, no, the no, president he was the guy who won, wasn't it? Oh, I the smiling won. fucking idiot guy. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know if he won because right, I know there was like the, the the current the incumbent president in Transmet was like a complete monster. Yeah, and then the guy running against him was a complete idiot, 
right? Like that was kind of, and the, and I think that was like one of the cruxes was like the, the transmet guy was like, what do <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, you know, like there's no winning with like an evil monster and an evil idiot. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was from the nineties. We learned things since then. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, I love, I love that the, the, the right wing is just like, man, the internet should totally be free. Like, Oh, did you, you did this. How come companies on the internet can just do whatever they want for the sake of the bottom line? Like, holy shit, guys. Pretty sure that's, pretty sure that's capitalism. I'm pretty sure we had net neutrality and you guys tried to take it away a lot. <laughs> all true. the time. Oh, man. Yeah, that was like, that was like the early days of, of Trump. There was that guy. Remember the, the guy that like shot down some of the most important actual like net neutrality laws? IG. Yeah, had uh, yeah. Singh. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure that that's really what they're talking about when they say net neutrality, right? They're not talking no. about concepts on the internet. They're talking about about like packet inspection and charging people different rates for moving things on the internet. And allowing oh, corporations sure. to decide what goes through and what doesn't rather than law or freedom. It's not. It's not, I mean, but, that, but that was that, exactly that. That was that was one of the one of the big sticking points on the net neutrality, right? Was that if you pay enough, you'd get access to better types and whatever, which is still like like it's not directly related to what we're talking about with net neutrality yeah. in this, but it's like it is related. It's the gov like the government gave the ISPs and like the right to sort of work with the content owners like Facebook or whatever, however much they wanted, and control the information and then pay for literally better internet. <laughs> And now they're mad that these mega internet corporations are saying, no, you gave us the control. We owe you nothing. You, you gave dad the remote and now we're watching bowling. But there's a lot of... Do you want to uh, uh, proceed to happier times and travel back in time to 1984 where Scott and I hung out with Wonder Woman? We both saw a movie. It's been a while. I hear it's great. No. <laughs> God, it's a lot of like, what did you expect? Well, I don't know. A really fun action movie and and uh, some girl power stuff, I guess. And um, you, you know, saw this, isn't that right, John? You saw the first Wonder Woman. I did see the first Wonder Woman. You know, I, I don't had, know that it survives upon repeat inspection, but it was a good old. It was a fun old little action movie. I watched sure. the first Wonder Woman two weeks ago. Wow. Right. And I like watched fresh. Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I watched Wonder Woman 84, like, uh, whenever it came out. So that was New Year's Day, I want to say. Saw oh, no, not, not whenever it came out. It came out on Christmas. I watched it on New Year's Day. Okay. Um, so watched the last 20 minutes okay. of Wonder Woman, the first one, and was like, that is what really resonated with people. <laughs> I'm going to do that a lot more. Right. But I mean, but I, I still, I had high hopes on account of the fact that like Wonder Woman like was the one of the good ones coming out of the DCEU. Mm-hmm. Aquaman was actually pretty good. Like like absolutely popcorn 
superhero nonsense. Like it would. Fifteen like, minutes later, they're on an adventure in some other part of the world, and you're like, "What's even going on? Who cares?" Yeah, exactly. That's it. it just it just keeps yeah. bouncing around and whatever. Like I'm, I would not consider it like a great movie by any means, but it was like fun and not like insulting to me, <laughs> like to to watch it. So it was like, okay, maybe like, and uh, and what do you call it? The Emancipation of Harley Quinn, uh, Birds of Prey was also I, good. So yeah. like, they were on a bit of a run, you know? So it was like, you had Wonder Woman was one of the good ones and they've had two pretty good ones like that have come out in the last year or so. And then they're like, nope, somehow Patty Jenkins is going to like torpedo her own uh, meal ticket, I guess. I don't understand. Explain how. Except she doesn't, because she's got Rogue Squadron or next. For now. I mean, those things can disappear. Remember when uh, Weiss and Benioff were like, we got to end, uh, <laughs> we need to end Game of Thrones in a hurry. They're going to give us three Star Wars movies. And then Game of Thrones ended so badly, they're like, no, you don't get those three Star Wars movies anymore. <laughs> Is that, did that really play out that way? Yeah, 100%. Woo! It was like a combination of factors, including like the the way uh, Force or Last Jedi or whatever got released, and like a couple of like the misfire on Solo and stuff. Like they they re they restructured the Star Wars uh, machine, right, right? Right. Yeah, and and Weiss and Benioff's uh, like literally we're going to have a trilogy got axed in the process. But a lot of people say that one of the reasons it got axed was the mishandling of uh, the it's Game of Thrones game. finale. So I don't know. Maybe she won't get Rogue Squadron, which is a bummer because no, I like Rogue Squadron. Production. You get one season, and then it goes away. Anyway, so yeah, Wonder Woman eighty four, man. It, like the first couple minutes of it, super fun. <laughs> oh, no, wait, hang on. The so first that's less than nine. I don't know. How many minutes not, count as couple? And it's not even the first couple of minutes because like the first fifteen minutes of it is just her, like her as a child running through like a horse. Uh, obstacle course or whatever, and doing flips and shit. It's for the for, horse girls. For no point, there is no horse girls. Relevant. Yeah, it's for the horse girls. Okay. Yeah. Girls, no, girls. underserved market in the superhero crossover this movie, genre. This movie was two and a half hours long, and that scene had zero impact on the plot. Nice. Well, it's like the, the tie-in is that she's like cheating is bad, and there are no shortcuts. And then uh, Pedro Pascal is like, "I am the shortcut machine." So that's uh, the lesson. Uh, tenuous. Stretch so hard. <laughs> like, this is it. I'm giving this movie excuses when I should not have to. Uh, um, but yeah, the first scene in the 80s is fun. There are moments that, like, and this is just a single shot. The The shot when they're having, uh, when she's chasing down the convoy in somewhere in the Middle East, and yeah. it's the full, like, old school 80s style, like, just her like clearly running in place with like the background zooming behind her. I was like, I love that. And I love, I was like, if there was, if there was like maybe one or two weird, like low budget, high, like high budget versions of low budget effects. And I Mm -hmm. thought those were brilliant. And if the movie had more of those, because it was 1984, I would have enjoyed it. And if it had leaned into that of like, yeah, this is just a ridiculous eighties adventure. But other than the opening sequence in the 80s and a, a handful of things even the fact that it was like in the 80s was just window dressing and it didn't have to be in the 80s it was just mm-hmm. nonsense like nothing about it like you know when you watch like stranger things and you're like this is in the 80s right, right, right. wonder woman 84 is not like that like it's when she goes to that big smithsonian party mm-hmm. and they were playing some like weird underground 
cool to listen to now 80s music and not like actual music from the 80s not like people who were millionaires and billionaire donors of the smithsonian would be listening to they like wouldn't be listening to the weird college radio this is actually good actually (laughs) they'd be listening to cindy lopper and like madonna no no we're not going to do that don't worry be happy no that was that was later (laughs) like time after time or whatever like oh time after time would be great that's the soundtrack for a movie set in 1984 is garbage Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also weird. They don't lean into enough eighties music at all. Like, like there's like I, Michael Jackson playing at that party for sure. And they're like, no, no. That costs mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. The HBO Time Warner AOL. Right. Not, not to throw around. They don't they don't have the cash right now. Uh yeah, no. And then um and yeah, the plot is that she loses some of she loses because I mean it's it's kind of the Superman issue, right? Where you need to inevitably kind of like nerf the hero's powers at some point to make them like believably threatened. Because like Wonder Woman is just like a little under Superman in terms of how mm-hmm. stupidly powerful she is. So she wishes uh, Captain Steve back from the first movie, which is also ridiculous because I had kind of, was he I, wasn't he her boyfriend for like two weeks sixty correct. years ago, seventy years ago, right? It's World War One. <laughs> oh no, so yeah, seventy yes. years ago. <laughs> like and she's like he was my one true love and stuff so i'm gonna have not moved on in 70 years Ooh, boy, I did, some therapy which, sessions sure i did read a counterpoint to that though which is that like she is a god and so like does work on different timelines so like 70 years is long enough to move on she's half god half amazonian so on like the scape of like her potentially near eternal life perhaps 70 years is not that long because she's still hung up on him a subsequent like 40 years later in the new movies really? right like uh in i just watched justice league yeah two days no, ago. no this is all fresh to keith and and like she gets in a plane and he was she's like i knew a pilot who would love to fly that like to to batman like so she's still hung up on steve in 2020 you know like oh, like yeah man. get over it it's now Wait, been a hundred years and you're still like i had a pilot friend who would love to fly this Batman's like okay whatever <laughs> my parents are dead I also hang on I'm going to pause on Wonder Woman 84 I didn't hate Justice League up. okay up no Keith I, you're not allowed to critique film anymore it was <laughs> things that were good about Justice League that the other that none of the other DC movies uh, managed to get right it was an hour and 45 minutes long <laughs> Go on. Okay. Else about what's, what's got? Sorry. Go on. Say something else good about Justice League. Um, <laughs> There's less than Flash, two hours. The Flash was funny. Sort of. Um, and I like. I legitimately like thought that Ben Affleck's Batman was like pretty good. Uh, like, I got a notification. Uh, Keith, hang on a sec. Uh-huh. Yep. I thought his Batman was bad in Batman v Superman. Twitter has permanently banned your account for now. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's hate speech. I, I, I was just it's expecting... It's fine. It's this extremely stupid action movie. Yeah, I was expecting a trash fire, and instead it was just like... Modern dumb... Yeah, exactly. That That's it. Like I, I'm not about to watch it ever again, except for when Zack Snyder releases it in a four-hour version. <laughs> uh-huh. 
It's birthday and for Christmas. Get them that Justice League merch. Get them a baby. <laughs> Don't buy merch. That that's going way, way, way too far. You watch it for free on a service. That's that's how much you're. Yeah, I, 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 again, I've watched all of the DCEU movies while working out over, over the course of a week. Yeah. Like, like it would be like I put it on on a Monday and slowly plow through it during my workout periods. Um, but yeah, back to Wonder Woman eighty four. Uh, underutilizes Kristen Wiig. She like doesn't doesn't play for comedy and doesn't play for badass properly. Under underutilizes Pedro Pascal, who just is a weenie, who has wildly uh, like all over the place motives and can't seem to with like it's one of those it, like he seems like you you know how you're like when you watched the first season of Jessica Jones and you're like oh like the Purple Man could take over the world he just kind of doesn't want to mm-hmm. like but he clearly has the power to. Pedro Pascal is like the reverse of that, where he has the power to and wants to take over the world, but like he's too stupid to figure out how he could actually take over the world quite easily. This has something to do with wishes, right? People people get wishes? Explain this. This is my big flaw with the movie. I've, I've, I've been introspective about it since I watched it, and there are lots of people complaining about very specific things in the movie, but the thing that ruined it for me is when a movie has magic in it as a main plot device mm-hmm. and you don't explain the rules of magic. Yeah. And then the plot doesn't establish any rules about magic. Then the movie is impossible to follow. Example. So the idea of Maxwell Lord as someone who can make people's wishes comes true in exchange for something for him that he decides after the fact. Like, yeah, oh, it's, it's wild. It's it's like it's wild magic logic, right? Where you're like, hey, hey, John, do you want to be rich? Yeah. Just say it. Say, I wish I was rich. I wish I was rich. Okay, John, you will be rich now. And in exchange, I shall take 20 years off your life. And you're like, oh, wait, no. what? You're, no, but no, but it's too bad. You, you right. agreed. Because you wished it, he could just take whatever. But also, but it gets well, crazy. Okay, but that. it's a wish, you know. Like, I mean, that's sure. a big deal, right? It's but not, but it's not some like, weird monkey's paw payment. Yeah, like the thing you wished for gets twisted. It's it's whatever. Well, it's it like, starts oh, off monkey's paw. Yeah, well, sort of, but not really. <laughs> like it starts off like you were like, oh, you wished for it, but it didn't come. Though, like, which is what I thought that it was originally, right? Because like the original wish is she wishes that Steve Trevor came back, but he didn't actually come back. He got put into uh, another guy, which is the whole thing. <laughs> That's just weirdness. But so I was like, oh, you wish for it, and it doesn't. It doesn't come true quite the way you expected. But by the middle of the movie, they throw that out, and you could just be like, don't you wish? I uh, you had an audience with the president, yes, and like in exchange, I'll take your health or whatever. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, like it's just weirdness. Huh. Like he seems. Hold on, to hold on. Like, Let's back this up a second there. So mm-hmm. they bang right in this other guy's body. Correct. Yes. Oh I mean, boy. with them at the end of the movie. Boy, that's really fucking weird. <laughs> it's bad. I love that the pitch meeting about it was kind of one of the best things. Because you're like, oh, is it like because like there's a limitation to the wishes and like it can't make something out of nothing? And they're like, no, 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 no. You, they can make something out of nothing. Like they literally like summoned a wall that surrounds an entire city out of nothing. Okay, but hold on. Is is he is he like evil and he's just fucking with people as part of it? Like that that's okay. That could be the no know. because of the fact that the wish that. Um, Wonder Woman gets is before 
uh, Max Lord took took the power into himself. She just got a pure crystal wish. She just touched the crystal, crystal and said, and, and said, "I wish, I wish Steve was." And like, doesn't she just like, "I wish Steve was still alive." And they're like, "Whatever." She just takes over some guy's body. Uh, and and, uh, and and then it's not. And the thing, and what's doubly bad about that, to Scott's point, is that this isn't just like like the magic rules are crazy because the 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 shittiness of the wish is not that it's not Steve Trevor for real it's Steve Trevor and a guy the shittiest of a, of the wish is that Wonder Woman is losing her powers so it's double shitty so she didn't even get what she wished for and she's losing her powers mm-hmm. him back in someone else's body that she has sex with means also that she starts to slowly lose her strength and invulnerability yeah that's what she traded for not getting her wish fulfilled didn't trade yeah. it sort of happened right it sort of happened and you find out about it later more like diana so she got strong and popular and uh had better sex appeal mm-hmm. and it, she lost her empathy for other humans again not spelled out not not ever told to her as a chance it just sort of happened yep and it sounds weird. great then they also say it's one wish per person, but then Max Lord, like they, they they say it's one wish per person. They make that a rule, and then Max Lord is like, anyway, Cheetah, here's more powers, so she gets a second wish. <laughs> Even though one of the big deals is that he has to go around to find like a person because it only works once, right? Like he right. goes and he was just sort of like he's like quickly, he's like, don't you wish I had a wish? like I had an audience with the president, and he was just sort of like uh I you I wish for a Porsche last week and he's like ah it doesn't work with you anymore. So right. one of the rules is you can only use one, but then he gives Cheetah more powers later on anyways. <laughs> like ugh, the worst. Yeah, just, it's just that is almost unforgivable. It's such a huge messy plot device and it's not just a side plot, it's the plot device. You have magic, you have wishes, but it doesn't make sense. It's it's not interesting in any way it would be like you're watching dunkirk and all of a sudden one of the guys is like oh i know a way to fix this i have a teleporter (laughs) (laughs) that's how we'll get everybody off the beach like what and then they go back and they're like well you saved 500 but that's it and the other people are still stuck on the beach and it goes back to being this weird (laughs) drama and you're like that Fuck it's, I have so many more questions now. It's it's also it's also kind of weird because it retroactively makes like Batman a dum dum. What did he wish <laughs> right? for? Well, he doesn't wish for anything, right? But we know in the Justice League movies and the Batman v Superman movies, he finds the picture of Wonder Woman from World War One, and he's like, "What's all this?" And he's like, "You don't think Batman would research the time the world went absolutely insane in 1984 <laughs> and tried to figure out all of the key players involved in it because it's by far the most horrific thing that happened in human history when people were wishing each other dead and like nearly." It, like Earth narrowly avoided thermonuclear war as the American government wished nukes into Russian airspace and nearly fired them. He'd be like, as Correct. Batman, I'm intrigued by this point in history. Did nobody wish for nice things? Like world it peace? Matter. It got canceled out by someone who wished Come for on. World One peace, person right? had to wish for world peace, no nukes. Yeah. But then one person wished for Armageddon and they came back, you know? Right. Hmm. Either way. Batman, Magic. The, world's great, the world's greatest detective would not be like, I would really like to look into this a little bit. And then like Diana Prince is all over the place. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's probably someone of interest. I could buy like I could buy that he would have not have contacted her or whatever because he's Batman and he would have his reasons. But like 
by that notion in the movie, he should have been like, yeah, you're Wonder Woman. I know you're Wonder Woman. Hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, like, but no, I need to figure it out from this photo from a hundred years ago, not the event that happened in the eighties. That was way more insane than her having a punch fight with a God. Okay. 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 So this thing is garbage. Put it on the list. How garbage oh, is oh, it? Oh Lord. Come on. There's White so bro. many superhero movies on the list. It it is if you you were talking about Batman, think about what it does to to Jonathan Kent. The world will never accept you, never understand you. You have to it, let me Yeah. Die. Like, well, there was that time that year where everyone got their deepest heart's desire. <laughs> Maybe you're like don't be a hero, Clark. <laughs> no, you need a hero. <laughs> There's a wishmaster out there. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's not like the newspapers were all like, actual Lord did this. Like, just everything went crazy for a whole day until some woman appeared into your head and on every television screen in the world to be like, be nice. <laughs> it it locks low, you guys. Like, I'm I'm looking at it and it's it's X Men Origins Wolverine is definitely the right zone. Yep. I'm like wondering if it All dropped. Right. Woo, down to one, mm-hmm. 186. Yeah. Is it much – can it go much lower than that? Um, like – See, I'm looking – Maybe at... drop below the Star Wars. This is... Yeah. It's below true. The Star Wars. Below the Star Wars is you're into London has fallen. That would actually make it the the lowest of the, the superhero movies. Cause I would might put be. it higher than that because – a little bit further up, you get Batman v Superman and X Men Apocalypse. I mean, that's a big question. Those two are nightmares. Does this is this thing worse than fucking X Men Apocalypse? Batman v. I found v watching Batman v Superman. Admittedly, I watched the director's cut, uh-huh. <laughs> but I found watching Batman v Superman at least it felt like it was trying to make sense. It didn't, but it was trying. I don't know. I'm looking. Wonder at- Woman eighty four does not seem to be trying to make sense, which is just even as Dark Phoenix like. That's what I'm saying. I never, I didn't see Dark Phoenix or. Oh or, man, Dark or, Phoenix, you're missing out. What a disaster on every fucking every step. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen X Men Apocalypse or Dark Phoenix. So, oh, yeah. John, the plot is a little bit better than Dark Phoenix, uh-huh. but the unforgivable possession rape is bad. That is bad. Like. It's not a thing. Just for the record, you guys, if my body ever gets possessed by one of your significant others, you cannot fuck it. I have a great segue. I promise you here and now, that's not going to happen. I watched watched Freaky also yesterday, which is a movie that came out recently. So hold that thought is what I'm saying. So Scott, Dark Dark Phoenix, is this thing above or below it? Oh, God. And below Mac and Me. I was like, Mac and Me is much better than Wonder Woman. Mac and Me also had legitimate 80s nostalgia, for, which Wonder Woman 84 did not have. So it's not getting over Mac and Me by, uh-huh. no, by any means necessary. Oh. Mac and well, Me well, made well. me nostalgic for the 80s. What's, what's the runtime on Dark Phoenix? <laughs> I think that was Also, shorter. do we know if the weird shot that happens at the end of Wonder Woman 84... Uh, at Christmas was shot after the fact just because the release got pushed to Christmas so they could have something Christmassy to put in the promotional material. Because there's like the the final scene is like her in the winter with like a scarf or whatever and like talking to the guy and a little balloon floats up and I was like, I bet you they filmed this later so that they'd have something Christmassy 
because it was coming out on Christmas Day. Right. And also to show that her raping him was not uh, not the end of his life. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he might sleep with Wonder Woman and know about it this time. Dark Phoenix was under two hours, though, so that's definitely oh. a <laughs> What are the run times? One for the, oh, wow. Holy crap, it was two and a half hours, that movie. Jesus. Wonder yeah. Woman was two and a half hours. Yeah, so it's definitely below Dark Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, 183. You think it, you think it was it was better than Batman v Superman? Mm. I really don't. No, I don't. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Is I was like, Batman v Superman was trying something, failing it, spectacular. It is better than than X Men Origin Wolverines. X Men Origins Wolverine. That movie is that movie is really bad. Wait, <laughs> we didn't even. <laughs> Why? This is also I've been watching a lot of Spider-Man stuff. Like or I've been re- I've been reading uh they released like a, a 600 something page uh into the Spider-Verse omnibus nonsense which is so the movie is wonderful you guys. I don't know if you've read some of that Spider-Verse stuff in the comics but it's bad shit. <laughs> it's bad shit and arguably terrible. Mm-hmm. But so I've, I've had a lot of Spider-Man on the mind uh started the, the Spider-Man PS4 game too. So then mm-hmm. Imagine my surprise in Wonder Woman 84 when she, because, you know, real star of the star, of the show, Captain Steve, um, like, tells her that, like, dr- like flying is about, like, catching the wind or whatever. When she, like, jumps into the air, she realizes that she can kind of, like, glide-ish, which is, like, not the craziest thing in the whole wide world. Because, like, you know, like, old school Superman could just jump really far and uh-huh. like, because he's so strong. I was like, okay, I get it. But then... You see, then she whips out her little lasso and there's like lightning bolts in the air. And then she like lassos the lightning bolt and swings on it like Spider-Man in the sky. Wait, and that's what? the thing that happens. And it's just like, she does it once. She doesn't do it again. It's just there for complete shits. It's terrible. It's because the movie wasn't long enough. So they had to add that scene in. So there's, hold on. There's like a CG sequence of her whipping lightning bolts and like shooting along like Spider-Man. Yeah, because I feel that they were just sort of what? like, like we've often said that like Spider-Man's like web slinging is like probably the coolest, most unique way of a superhero getting around, right? And then just someone was like, yeah, but imagine if Wonder Woman did it in the sky. Lightning. And then enough people said, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> just put it in the movie. Oh, man. Lasso to make a big shield by spinning it really fast so she can block bullets. I didn't hate that. But she's Wonder Woman. She has that thing where she blocks bullets with her bracelets. It's her thing. <laughs> I thought that she was making it bigger so that she could uh, like have more people behind her. I don't know. Stupid. It was stupid. It was full of those other little stupid things, too. Not the cool stupid things that they put in Aquaman. The dumb stupid things that they put in Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> Like uh, here, Justice League. I like when Aquaman was accidentally sitting on the on the the lasso of truth. Like there's, there's like there was like fun little moments in Justice League where, right. again, not good, but having watched all of the DCEU movies in like the span of the last month or two, I, I was I was expecting it to be the like feather in the cap of shittiness, and it was not. I think that feather is reserved possibly for Man of Steel. I think might be the worst one. Mm-hmm. Like. I, I mean, had to choose. Man of Steel is like the 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 sewage water that makes it in the way into your glass. <laughs> it's always going to kind of taste that 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I watched, I watched also, uh, so I, I, I'll leave it to you guys. What do you want to talk about? I, I finished reading Ready Player One over the, Ready Player Two over the holidays. And that's mm-hmm. a book that came out like in late November. So yeah, right, literature. We rarely talk about books, let alone books that like. Literature, air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. And? So Ready it's no, no, no. What's the other one? There was a, there was a choice. Oh, or uh, I watched Freaky with uh, Vince Vaughn, which is also a movie that came out uh, a couple months ago. It had a very limited theatrical release and then went on demand. No, 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 I'm into Ready Player Two. Let's let's go. Yeah. Just the quick note on Freaky, though, since I did talk about it earlier in the podcast, uh, it's like a play up on Freaky Friday, but it's a horror movie, and Vince Vaughn as a serial killer swaps places with a, a high school girl. And then they, they go there, and the boy that she's into makes out with Vince Vaughn, like knowing, like it's like he's like I he's like I know this is weird, but I don't know if we're gonna make it through the night. And if like if I don't kiss you, like I'll never have kissed you. And right now, this is the only way that I can kiss you. <laughs> All right, you know. I like, and I mean, it's it's a horror movie, and it's played for laughs and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but they all, and they also are in a life and death situation. It's just like in Wonder Woman, right? There, there's like a body Same swap. Thing. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Ready Player Two by uh, Ernest Klein. Yeah, um, it's good. It it writes a lot of the it writes a lot of the wrongs of Ready Player One, um, but like so much so that you it feels like a response to the criticisms right. of Ready Player One, where you're just right, sort of like right. like a lot of people were just sort of like, oh, Parzival doesn't actually have a character arc; he just does everything in the and then wins, right? Like that was just, the point. It's a stupid fantasy, you know? Sure. But yeah. like, so this one is like heavily focused on him realizing that his billionaire um, uh, role model is maybe not the best guy and whatever else. And then kind of coming to his own decisions and then realizing that like, he can't just be a piece of shit to Artemis and whatever else. And like, so he actually, you in, insert character growth for Parzival is done. Okay. Then they, um, respond uh to a lot of the other i guess issues by being like there's another easter egg hunt and this time it's about like so ogden morrow who's the other founder his wife was kind of like referenced as a character so it's like the great love of his life uh had like anyway the easter egg hunt is about her Mm-hmm. So now it's like girl geek things because girls are geeks too. Of course. Which again, the first movie really didn't talk about <laughs> or, or get into it. And so then it just feels like a big response to be like, there is. But then when they make that choice, they they kind of end up going like too obscure with the stuff that they dive into. So Maybe the, the it was movie, not for you. Huh? So, and that D&D... Modular. Just okay. All right, all right. So, so hear me out. So there's four. There's seven shards. The and they have to piece together the seven shards. And so the first one is video game related, but it's like related to an obscure Sega video game, and they deal a lot with this. Like we're talking about, like we're reading about this obscure Sega video game for like twenty or thirty pages called like Ninja Princess, and it was like it was. It, which was like a big deal because it was like it got localized and then when it as Alex Kidd in fucking Monster or whatever, I actually bought and played that game and I was like, "What is this stupid shit?" You wander around a castle and answer questions at doors. 
I beat know. that game. Yeah, not the, not the Ninja Princess game. Ninja Princess well, no, 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 because it was Ninja Princess in in Asia, and then when it came here, it was relocalized as Alex Kid in whatever. They just swap palette swapped the character. But they, like it's weird trivia because they they portray yeah. it to be like an actiony game in this one. It's like a hybrid. There's a little bit. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misunderstanding it, but there's like a bit of action stuff, and there's also a long sequence of you wandering around a castle answering maybe. questions. So yeah, like and yeah. again, I think it, it it's a cool bit of video game trivia. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, is that they, they when they localized it, they were like, girls don't play video games or whatever. Absolutely fine. But I'm like, you spend a lot of time on this trivia that I was like, I don't think a ton of people know a ton about this game. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. They then uh, go to another to get one of the other shards. They go to John Hughes World, which is like blatant fan service. Like, it's literally like 40 to 50 pages of the book. Where you're just like, and then this scene in John Hughes, and then this scene in John Hughes, and then this scene in John Hughes. And I was like, I get those, and those are for me, and I think this is bland. Right. You know, like, they're like, and there's another Molly Ringwald, and there's the other Molly Ringwald. And you're just like, <laughs> amazing, guys. Like, keep going. <clears throat> then, when I talk about less- possibly getting to a... What, Scott? It's still less obscure than War Games. Sure. I'll, I'll give you that. Then they go <laughs> to, and, and this was something that was like not obscure for me, but I feel might be too obscure for a lot of the average, um, maybe like target audience. They go to Prince World where they celebrate the works of Prince. That's not obscure at all. This is, dude, like where they're, they're pulling stuff from like Morris Day and the Time and all these different like singles and like the, when he recorded and how he recorded. And like, it, it's kind of interesting, but do you think that every guy who or guy my bad every person who read uh ready player one is just sort of like i would like to have a third of this book dominated by the discography of prince as opposed to rush let's be fair here Mm -hmm. prince probably better known than rush definitely definitely rush was more popular or sorry prince was more popular i guess but is it geeky is that that was geeky as rush that's Rush is that's like, kind of, like that's the the weird part. Was I was like, and again, I'm always I'm looking, I'm reading this entire thing, knowing that Steven Spielberg's going to direct it, and yeah. I'm thinking, it's like, yeah, there's going to be 30 minutes in Prince World, and you're going to be like, what am I watching? And then the final set piece takes place in Lord of the Rings. You're like, oh, back in Lord of the Rings, but you're like, wrong. Takes place in the first age of Lord of the Rings, so it's all Silmarillion shit. Are you ready for this? <laughs> and I'm like, this is your finale? <laughs> Nobody knows about this. I was like, Prince and John Hughes, okay. Like, maybe not your target audience, but it's like branching out. There's other types of geekdom. Like, there's 80 movies geeks, there's music geeks. Who the hell gives any crap about the Silmarillion that you want to have your entire final set piece has them reenacting some part of the Silmarillion that I don't know about? <laughs> and I was like, way to go, Ernest Klein. I've, I'm. Keith, the only people I know who've read the Cimmerillion have been women. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, did he typecast that hard? <laughs> like, where you're like, what do women like? And they were like, oh, video games with like girls in them. And then you're like, John Hughes movies, Prince, and the Silmarillion. And then I was like, and now did you like, did you counter correct and been like, this one's for girls? And that's what you landed on? Because it feels kind of like that and it was weird. Hmm. And well, then, did you like it? Was this good? I mean, I, I read it. it. It reads it reads a lot like the like the first one. It's pure popcorn. You just kind of like like flip onto it, and then something like very upsetting happens at the end, 
which is the last chapter. So they they deter- they find the whole thing has to do with the uh, I guess spoilers. What like they they do the quest, um, and the whole entire thing has to do with like this technology that can scan your brain, and uh, and he, that's why they they can piece together the memories of the of Ogden Morrow's wife and so on and so forth. Um, but then they also discover you can like scan your brain and then make a copy of yourself in the Oasis, and it's mm-hmm. like a fully functioning AI version of you. And then the last chapter is literally like written from the point of view of this now like immortal AI version of Parzival. And I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I was like, this, this feels kind of strange anyway. And then it was done. Uh, but there's also, there's very much, at least from what, from my perspective, was the video game Animitsu Hime? Maybe. Maybe. Did it become a game called Ninja Princess? Because apparently, so when a local, when the the, the story yeah. of the game was, it was released in Japan and had a Ninja Warrior Princess in it. Uh, it got localized into North America, and in the arcade cabinets, it was still at least a lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when they localized it to the home console, they made it a boy. All right, I'm fucking it up. I'm, I'm confusing things, but that that definitely happened with Animitsu Hime and Alex Kid. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh yeah. Anyway, so they also they they introduce another character called Lo Lorengren or whatever, who is one of Percival's, the original Percival's squires or whatever else like that. Oh yeah, they also do this weird thing where they introduce uh, what they call like um, zero, like I think zero they get like, no, but like zero gender or whatever. Uh-huh. Where because people can now feel exactly anything, your your gender becomes irrelevant. So there's people that have no gender in the Oasis and only have sex in the Oasis as any gender or combination of genders that they so desire. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. yeah. They, anyway, so they introduce a character who is zero gendered. And um, there's like, it's totally the, the the Ender's Game thing where the character is like, I'm going to go do this quest with my friends and then disappears for the rest of the book and then appears at the end of the book, like with the sword and is like, take it. <laughs> and they're like, that's the story for another time. <laughs> like they literally like spell out what this character's quest is going to be. But then right. you don't get, I, I was like, Oh cool. We're going to get to like see another character's quest. And they're mm-hmm. like, Save some of that for the sequel. Exactly, that's it. Yeah. I was like, hopefully, hopefully, in the hands of I think of another author, because I really would not trust Ernest Klein writing an entire like three hundred page book about a genderless protagonist. I feel that it would just he had, he had written it, but then he saw Ryan Johnson's Star Wars movie and was like, "Damn it, they were going to go to a gambling planet and free them." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't I don't know if if straight dude should be writing a book from a genderless point of view. It just it feels like like they could try. Books like that since the fucking seventies. It's like gender swapping has been a staple of sci-fi for with better authors than Ernest Cline, who can literally just write a list of nerd things and call it a book. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying Ernest Cline is not the author to do it. He's including. Hmm? It's inclusive. At least it's inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I give props to the introduction of the character. That's that's no beef. I'm just I don't trust Ernest Klein to properly write that character in a way that I could connect with as a reader. And I trust him more than I trust J.K. Rowling. So let's just go. <laughs> anyway, I would say worth it, and um, I think the movie will be really cool when they do all the John Hughes stuff. I was gonna just ask about that. Is Steve gonna fuck it up in the movie? 
I don't see how he could, because like I said, it focuses heavily on set pieces mm-hmm. um, that are just going to be like visual delights. Like everybody even said, like the first Ready Player One, everybody loved the Shining sequence a ton. You know, like just because it was cool to watch, like people going in and out of a movie that you've seen. So, like I said, the John Hughes sequence is clearly written to be that, that, but even longer, right? They're going to be like they're going in and out of like Pretty in Pink and like uh, Home Alone and Ferris Bueller. Like it's everything. You're just going to be like, do they do Ferris Bueller well? I mean, uh, they they only really touch on it. It's because like the the biggest uh, the main plot hook has to do with the fact that. in Pretty in Pink, uh, Molly Ringwald doesn't is was was not originally going to end up with Ducky, and it was they changed it because of the test screening. Mm-hmm. Uh, then um, and and one of the big reasons why it didn't work or or was originally going to end up no was originally going to end up with Ducky, or then didn't I forget it anyway. The point is is that Robert Downey Jr. was supposed to have been Ducky, <laughs> so it would have made a bunch more sense, right? Right, like like instead of like John the Car- other. Yeah, instead of John Cryer. Yeah, exactly. So huh. it involves kind of like fixing the, the casting of, uh, or not the casting, the ending of Pretty in Pink. So they, they spend most time in Pretty in Pink. But there's just some stuff about like Ferris Bueller. Like when they're on the bus, of course, there's like a girl who comes around with like collecting for say Ferris and, and all that stuff. Right. And there's the, there's like they literally, oh, it's, it's such fan service though. Like, yeah, dude, it's like you're in. <laughs> dude, like they literally, and, 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 and literally, this is like written to be handed to Steven Spielberg because they like they, they talk about like needle drops and they were like, John Hughes' planet has more needle drops than any other like simulation in the thing, which is when you're in the right spot at the right time, the music from the movie plays. So they start like writing out when the needle drops, you know? Wow. So I'm like, yeah, this is going to be cool and fun in the movie. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to like mark out for like the boom, boom, for sure. As, yeah. as a viewer, I will have be unable to not be like happy when that happens. But in the book, when you're like, and then this music plays, I'm like, get out of here. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I'd, if you like, it's one of those things. If you like the first one, it's more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the stuff that it gets into is a little more varied than just just the 80s nerd stuff that like appealed to like I feel potentially a smaller set of nerds like because it was really like you said it was what was the first one it was like old school old school RPGs old school video games but like old like computer based stuff or they do Zork and whatever <laughs> Monty Python and like flying whatever Monty Python and the Holy Grail uh, D&D like it was very like I feel like it was one set of nerd that the first one was for. And this does open the doors to like other nerd them, but then finishes on Silmarillion, which I was like, cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Colbert is going to read it and talk about it on the show. It's gonna be like, they're playing my song. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Does he, is he a Silmarillion fan? Oh man. He's like a legendary. He knows all of the elf Lord Kings names, like all of them. Well, one of the best parts of, Right. Sorry, Scott. He's got a video for Vanity Fair where he talks about uh, Chance the Rapper, and he ends up being like, "See, it's like Gilbert and Sullivan, and also the Cimmerillion." <laughs> and you're like, "What?" Uh, professorial authority. <laughs> it um, is. It is kind of great though in the book because like Parzival's entire uh, like relationship with the Silmarillion is that being like, I, I know it exists, but I, 
did not read enough of it and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and like, and he needs Artemis to bail him out at like every single turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I was like, relatable. Like I was like, as someone who's like, not the biggest, biggest Tolkien fan, but I'm like, I've read, I've read them multiple times. Like, like Lord of the Rings and Hobbit, I've read all multiple times. I've never even like gotten maybe more than 10 pages into the film, really. I think I might have got 100 pages in, but that's that was it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So when you're like, you need the detail of the minutiae of the film, really. And like, Barzival in a, like, I think a reflection of a lot of, a lot of people who think themselves to be true geeks was like, I don't know. I don't I have no idea what any of this <laughs> is. And what do I do with it? All right. I want to hear about Hagazusa. I, I kind of relate to that because I would just call Marissa. Just be like, <laughs> did she read it? Yeah, yeah, she's a huge Tolkien fan. Wow, that's intense. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if I've she... ever met anyone who's finished the Silmarillion. God, no, I have. Lauren did too. <sighs> wow, do you that's only it. date women who've <laughs> completed the Silmarillion? That should have been your go-to question on a first date, man. <laughs> what did you think of? After a few months, once things got to get serious, I'd be like, before it goes any further. <laughs> Have you read the Silmarillion? No. Sorry, it's not going to work out. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and I watched Hagazusa. Did you love it? Uh, I didn't hate it. Okay. So I get exactly what you were saying when you're talking about, uh, like saying that it was kind of like uh, Eastern European, the witch. Because mm-hmm. it, it really was. Um, I don't even know. Like, like, wh- like, if you were to describe, like, what happens in Hagazusa, and you're like, well, there's a like, here's here's my my synopsis. It's fast because not nothing not happens. A lot happens. Yeah. <laughs> but you're like, so this girl, uh, her mom gets like a, a rotten sick disease and dies, and then she just decides to like keep the farm by herself. Somehow gets pregnant at a certain point in time makes one friend the friend is like please have sex with my husband or whatever or something like that and then she's then they're mean to her then she's like no thank you then she pees in their water supply poisons the village trips on mushrooms drowns her baby and then catches on fire i think at the end yeah unclear the The movie i think (laughs) what you're missing is the the undercurrent of she's a pagan right her friend her friend is like christian and then i think she tries to get her brother or something to rape the christianity into her that was what i read out of that scene i didn't necessarily put that together yes i I did gloss over the fact that she is if if not actually a pagan has been branded a pagan i think that might also be kind of part of the the messaging there is that like her mom was definitely a pagan and she just got branded a pagan. So then she kind of ends up with the powers or whatever, but like she doesn't seem to be actively involved in doing anything witchy kind of Except for eating one teeny tiny mushroom and tripping balls. <laughs> exactly. That's it. But like, but it's just sort of like, it, it's, I think that that's part of actually the movie was that it's just like part of it was that, yeah, it's just this weird lady that gets branded as such in olden times and then gets like beat like, is essentially like forced into being a witch in a weird way mm-hmm. by society. You could like, you could be led to believe. Uh, and then, yeah. And I didn't necessarily think that the, it was, they were trying to like rape the Christianity into her so much as they were like, you don't have uh, like human rights because you're a witch and we don't care. Right. They weren't necessarily trying to turn her Christian so much as they just completely devalued her as a person and didn't give two shits about it sure. because she yeah. was a witch. That was kind of my reading on it. Um, 
But yeah, like other than the fact that it was like real slow and real long, it was just kind of a, a well-shot kind of creepy movie. Mm-hmm. Like that was that's like there's like I don't really like I would have no problem recommending it to almost anyone who enjoyed The Witch. Like it's that that comparison was like super super on point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, do you think it, it succeeded? Like The Witch succeeded because I, I think it like it it tried to get there and it didn't quite make it. I think that it probably would have done better if the payoff was a little bit better. Like, I didn't like the whole, like, she's on shrooms and now the camera is swirly. I was like, oh, this is what we're doing. And then it kind of ends with her going sort of a little crazy in the cabin. Yeah. Like, I think that if there was a slightly better third act after she poisoned the town, like, hmm. just, just some, something a little more extra, like, like, turn it up to, turn it up to the witch. But, like... I think that would have sort of like put a better bow on the like plottingness that I had just watched, but because she just kind of like eats a mushroom and then just sort of like, like even the whole drowning her baby part, I liked a lot, mm-hmm. you know, sentences that I that wished I wasn't recorded. That's saying. why we're here. <laughs> but yeah, like, like the way that was shot where she's just sort of like, like not even like looking or thinking about it. And like the weird, like, pond scum on the <laughs> on the water like again it, like it looked real cool sure did but then, then the payoff was just sort of like okay now the baby's dead and now she's sad and then like i but said then pretend- she eats the baby right yes i believe yeah. so yeah yeah, I think, yeah she makes a big old baby stew right but then she doesn't realize she's eating it because then like the, the trip suddenly wears off right Right. And then she's like, oh, no. And I mean, and I think that and that I think might also be part of what the movie was going on was that she might have been on borrowed time because maybe she was cursed the entire time by the weird cursy types outside of her hut at the beginning. Huh. Like, you know, like there's like the people outside who are just like doing chanting and like the mom is like, get out of here, you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then she just like catches on fire at sunrise. Yeah. But, I wonder if so, that was it that she was cursed and they were yeah. coming for her anyway. And. Yeah, I thought that that might be part of it too. If like the whole thing is just like a foregone conclusion, and that she's on borrowed time no matter what, anyway. Like, yeah, meh. yeah, yeah. I didn't like I said, didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was like it, it was. Uh, it missed the mark a little bit, but I don't think like um, Scott mentioned in the email threads today. Uh, like, so the cinematography kind of held it together. Like, oh, you could, you could. You could pause almost any frame of this and make it your desktop wallpaper mm-hmm. if you didn't mind weird, like Eastern oh. European people in various states of decay in your wallpaper. Hmm. Right on. I thought it was fine. I gotta put so, up. Um, I would put it. Do 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 do. So this is this is difficult, right? Because I'm like, did I have more fun watching No Holds Barred? I definitely did. But I can like easily see that Hagazusa was a better film. No Holds Barred? Where is that? It's like down in the 160s. <clears throat> I don't even remember that movie. No Holds Barred is the uh it's the movie with Hulk Hogan where he plays Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not yeah. Hulk Hogan. Did I not uh, put it on the list? I don't get Oh no, I did 168. I see it. Yeah, and slower. Uh it's better than Solo. But you could say it was better than The Phantom Menace. Yeah, I'm already about Phantom Menace. Yeah, I think. yeah. Hmm. I think that um, <clears throat> I would rank it. 
<laughs> underneath Sonic the Hedgehog, I don't know if it would go below Venom or not, because I haven't seen Venom. Why haven't you seen Venom? It's on Netflix. Yeah, I was watching all those DC movies. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to watch it, and I just kind of got bored and, and walked away. I watched Far From Home, and Far From Home was a lot of fun. Like, Far From Home had a, it had a lot of good stuff going on for it. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, Scott, from what I described, do you think that is better or worse than Venom? And also, like, what, what caught me at Venom was, what, what if Batman had a little cannibalism? And I was like, oh cannibalism this might be the right spot how far up did you go to get to venom 108 it, no it's way below that come on what you described is not that it's beautiful though but there's beautiful movies there yeah well life is a trash movie that's beautiful and that's where life is there's no reason life should be at 110 by that standard then would like all right 123 is bird box compare it to bird box Kind of has more going on with Bird Box. Bird Box is dumb. But 122 is Prometheus. Also dumb. Very <laughs> dumb. Bumblebee. And it thinks that it's clever. It's like the worst kind of dumb. I'm, I'm aware of where it's going. Because here, it, I was actually, when I was scrolling through the list, I was looking for rubber. And rubber is kind of where this movie goes. You're putting it way above Evil Dead. Yo, you guys knocked Evil Dead down. It's evil that is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This movie is not dumb. It's like very beautiful. It's well crafted and it's pretty meticulous. It just doesn't stick to landing. There, <laughs> to say this movie is bad is a disservice to the movie. It, it can maybe, like I said, if if I'm going for like as it as an F film, I land there. As a fun, I can maybe drop underneath, like. Maybe underneath Last Action Hero, it can knock another 20 points-ish down. Because maybe underneath Bumblebee. Because, again, Bumblebee's... It could be plus. But would you mark. put it below Karate Kid? It's tough. It's, like, not fun. But you're right. It is a better movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, yeah. like it, it's capital F film is what's, what's driving me up here. Like, there's there's nothing bad about it. And it's, like, meticulously made and beautifully shot. Is it acted Okay. Yeah, it's really well acted. The 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 she does really the well. lead is she, like this, the lady has to carry a lot of intensity. The, her best friend is like creepy and and like sort of you can believe you can almost trust her. It's uh yeah. Yeah, the the, the like it it hinges a lot on this on the main character being like quite frankly a stellar actress. Like like with with like very little dialogue conveys everything that she has to convey. Like the creepy molestation by her plague mother. Yep. <sighs> Super gross. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is... You made me watch a movie that was, like, a well-made film that was, like... It's it's sin is that it's a little long and boring. That's it, John. I was, I was right. <laughs> I should <laughs> watch Scary <laughs> Movie 6. <laughs> scary Movie 5. The one that the fans of Scary Movie don't even like. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm 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 floating in the 100 to 120. Like I don't know, but John, you've also seen it, so you can you can weigh in. I'm I'm really happy to hear you say that. I think I probably agree that that this range is good. I think Rubber is actually a very a very safe place to go. It's also artistically sound, but kind of boring. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. In very different very different directions. When I think of Evil Dead, I think it's like. It's it's a classic. It's awesome, but it's also kind of like simple and and goofy fun. 
Hagas and we're not shows... talking Evil Dead too. No, no, no. We're not talking, and we're also not talking Army of Darkness. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I would say it, it can might it might go under Interstellar because I will say that if sure. I had to watch an art movie, Rubber and Interstellar have soundtracks that I care about more than uh, uh, than Hagas. Yeah. All right, I'm into it, man. Just above Evil Dead, below Interstellar. That might be. That might. Be All right, so point. I have lost this round of blurst movie ever. That, who's, whose turn is it? Is it my turn next? Mm. No, it, it's it's, it's John. me. I haven't I haven't seen one in a good long time. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to think on it because I think that this is. But you see what I was it. trying to do? I felt like you might hate it because it was so slow and artsy, you know. And I was like trying to make like a targeted pick rather than just like this is generically trash, you know. I get it, and I and I and I do appreciate the effort. Yeah, I just think that you may have underestimated the fact that I it's not boring if it was beautifully shot just for the record this means that John is going to start picking problematic actors or plot points again I mean I guess like <laughs> everyone gets their break it's also kind of cozy to watch it like I was watching it like during a snowfall and there's like a lot of it takes place in the winter yeah, the yeah. it's really it's really like intensely beautiful yeah you know and, Scott, and that's it's happening. One of these days, we're gonna we're gonna bring out old uh, Human Centipede two, the one that makes Human Centipede one look like a Disney movie. And it's just for you. <laughs> makes me yerk. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, no. Like, but but about Hagazusa, like I can. It's if it was if it was that movie, but was like not really nice like like i said it was it was really wonderfully shot Mm -hmm. like it it reminded me a lot of um like the cinematically of um like midsummer and Mm -hmm. uh it's in that vein the witch is the best the best comparison they they both have very slow drawn out i found this one to be better like more visually stunning than the witch because like the witch has a lot of like the interior shots whereas this is just like every time they're outside there's this amazing mountainscape of wherever the heck they are and stuff and like all the green is so lush but yeah just like visually yeah midsummer is actually like visually a good point where you're like every shot you're like this is super cool Mm -hmm. right on Hagazusa. We'll have to we'll have to think on it before we assign uh, John. I, I have a, I have a very strong strong contender, I think, but mm-hmm. I, I, I obviously want to back it up. Stop a little bit. Stay tuned. Hi, thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.